Hello and welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm Trey Gamage, and my goal is to provide you with stories and opportunities from leaders and educators who are solving problems in school communities. And today we have Shauna Brown from Teach for the Culture. I've been an admirer for a long time, but you know, sometimes that's a little bit hesitant. There's that post on Instagram that's, I've been thinking about buying your shirt. Well, buy it then. You know, it's one of those types of things. So finally reached out, got my shirt on and everything, and, and um excited to say that you know the, the your reputation precedes you, if you will. Um before we get into the conversation, just a reminder to subscribe to our YouTube channel at SEO Educators and visit our website, SEO Educators dot com so you can learn more about our services for school communities and with that miss shauna how are you doing today i am well thank you so much for having me on this podcast it is a pleasure i have been following your work as well and so i am excited to be here excited for this conversation um i know a lot of your work talks about sel for adults mm -hmm. and that's something i'm very passionate about as well so Thank you for having me, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yes, I, I love the cross-section. You know, I think um, just generationally in, in what I see from Black people today is that we're willing to collaborate. And so I think in generations past or 20 years ago, it's competition where if, if you eat and I can't eat, and it's stepping on toes. But now it's like, no, let's let's all go ahead and eat. And, and you have examples and folks and places where you see, you see generations and cohorts of example, Drake, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, they rise together and everybody can eat. So it, it's really cool to see um, generations and sections of entrepreneurs in different spaces that are black in standing on that and being able to be successful. So um, I appreciate that as well. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, to the conversation. All right, all right. You you put a lot of emphasis on joy. I know last but a month or two ago at the time of this recording, you had Sneaker Joy Day. Um, and just listening to your content and really looking at your purpose, you're a joy advocate. Yes. And and that that's speaking to me now a little bit differently after listening to um the podcast because uh you're right. And and I forgot who said it on the episode, but um just people see black people and think trauma. Right. There's so much more than that. We've created almost everything. So can you just talk about why you're such a joy advocate and, and what, why everything you do is centered around joy? Absolutely. So this is even going back to before I teach for the culture in my teaching experience. Um, I have always centered joy as a way to get to the learning, mm. um, as a way to engage students as a way for um, you know, students to feel just involved and, and, and good about you know, the space they're in and for me to feel good about the space I was in as a teacher. Um, before I went into teaching, I can remember a professor at Temple University. Um, it was, I think the class was like urban sociology or something along those lines. And the teacher made, I made a comment about um, joyful children in, in black communities. Mm. Um, and she said something like, that's impossible, <laughs> right? She said, how can you, how, how can someone have joy if they're living in poverty wow. in an impoverished communities? And I was like, Whoo. so again, at, at this time I was an undergrad. Mm. And so part of my thing wow. was to make sure that people saw, no, yes, we can be, we are a joyful people. 
I mean, part of our heritage as Black people, we are rooted in joy and in love and in community. Right. And so I wanted to make sure to, you know, bring that forth into um, my teaching. Um, that's always been a part of who I was or who I am as a person. And so I just want to make sure to bring forth that forth into education. Mm-hmm. And when I started Teach for the Culture, I brought it forth right into Teach for the Culture as well. Um, I started Teach for the Culture about five years ago um, in my first very first put post back in 2018 was about joy and learning yeah. and the whole platform is built off of that yeah um at that time a lot of people weren't even really talking about it yeah. much or if they did it was more in in the way of um talking about happiness which is kind of different mm-hmm. um or just fun but this is about joy and so in everything that we do um mm. it's just a part of who we are and it's something that is you know within yeah and i see there's um so i, I like the joy and then the teach for the culture part and and that's that became a saying for the culture do it for the culture i don't know was it around the same time that you started it was that like inspiration or do you feel like it was a little more of an early adopter and folks caught up with you um i think so i think you know doing for the culture is of course out before Mm -hmm. teach for the culture and so when i started teach for the culture it was a spin-off of both that and teach for america Okay, so instead of okay. teach for America, it was teach for the Got culture. It. And so it was kind of, you know, mm. both of those things in there, um, as well as a call to action. So when I, when I, my first shirt was the one you're wearing that design okay. teach for the culture. And so that was also a call to action. Yeah. Um, in addition to being, you know, the brand and, you know, spinoff of for the culture, it's also a call to action. Mm. Um, I wanted people to mm. spread that message, mm. particularly um, black folks and brown people uh, to say we need to teach for the culture. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what makes you so unique, Shauna, and thank you for breaking that down because, and I said it when we got on, when I see your post, I can feel it's deeper than what you're posting. And I, I tell people all the time, I usually don't read people's stuff. If I know your name, I just like it. But I actually read your stuff. So when you see me commenting on stuff, that means I'm actually reading your stuff. Everybody else, I just like it because I know who you are. I appreciate but, that. You know, I'm, I've been I've been being intentional. And I'm like, you know what? Let me let me speak to you. And what I find interesting is that when I see your post, I, I just like the one about adultification today. I don't know when you posted it based on this algorithm, but it's just so insightful. And you made another post. Um, and some of it is just depending on your experience. What is your background? Even as Black people, you may have had a different experience with this tool or whatever, whatever. And you're you're teaching it from so many levels. And I feel like um, this might be feedback too. I don't hear your voice enough to expound on these thoughts. And so what you say is so profound and it means so much. And I wish there was so much more that I could hear from mm. you and just listen to you dialogue about these things. Like I did on that podcast, like, wow, this, oh, what does her voice sound like? What is, what is she going to say and expound on this? Um, mm. That's not really a question, but just um, talking to you out loud. I want to hear your voice more. Um, I guess talk to me a bit about your, your strategy with your content. It says so much without saying anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you actually brought this up because this is even bringing like new perspectives to me as a creator of the mm. content. You know, I um, I think I, I post quite often mm-hmm. and usually it's I don't really have planned posts. It's what's on my mind, what's in my spirit. Yeah, I write it and I post it. And so I think 
and this is probably a personal thing. Like, I think if I were to take the time to like, um, you know, set up the video and mm -hmm. maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a perfectionist in that area yeah. or maybe not as comfortable, but I think if I were to take the time to like set up the video and do an actual reel or actual, you know, speaking post, it would take a little longer and I wouldn't be as free mm -hmm. with what I share. Um, just, it's almost habit and routine now. I just, whatever's on my mind, it's on my spirit. I just write it down and post mm. it. Um, but I definitely love to engage in conversation, yeah. like outside of Instagram, yeah. um, outside of social media. I love engaging conversation um, in real life or on podcasts like these or other panels mm -hmm. and, and things like that. But um, I've always said my goal is to post more videos, and I yeah. think um, I'm going to do that at some point. <laughs> you have a very, um, I think it's the right word, a, um, a provocative mindset that like, it jolts folks to action. When I think about powerful people, Malcolm X, Tupac, people with really strong voices, I feel like um, some people may see it as radical, but it's really the honest truth. I'm not, I'm not cutting no corners. I'm, I'm telling you the facts. And if you don't, if your feelings don't agree with my facts, so be it. This is, this is my truth, and I'm standing on it. And I think that is a voice that. Um, it has to be heard, a black woman's voice, and that has to be heard. So I, I just I just want to put that on you. And even if it is um same way that thought is on your mind, if it's just a one-minute clip and post and then doing the caption, I that would be happy. But um as I was preparing, I was like, man, I want to hear you more, um, mm. and your voice more. And I, I thank you for that. Yes. I'm welcome. glad I'm really glad that you said that. My pleasure. So, so and, that, it, and it's and it's ahead. funny because a lot of the times, you know. So I started the platform again back in 2018. I've always just shared what's on my mind. I've always just shared my truths. In 2020, when um, you know the nation had the kind of racial reckoning, if you will, um, and I was you know just posting what's on my mind, posting what I've been through, posting mm -hmm. just my truths, and people were like, "Oh my gosh, you're so honest!" Oh my gosh, and I honestly, I don't mean to be like to to really send jokes in that in mm -hmm. that way. Um, it's just sharing truths. Mm -hmm. And I've just always been like, you know, cut through the nonsense. Just this is the truth. This, that's yeah. how I am. Yeah. You know, in person, on social media, and people, you know, are like, oh my gosh, you're, you're, you know, you're so brave to say this. I can't believe you're saying I'm like, no, nah, that's just who I am. That's mm -hmm. who I've always been within educational spaces as well. Mm. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode. So I, I got feedback one time. There was an administrator that uh, really tried me, really pushed my buttons, and she took me there. So I went there, and I got emotional. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm doing my job and then some. I'm doing everything that I can, and I've done my part. Somebody else is supposed to do X, Y, and Z. I'll do it tomorrow, but I'm not doing it tonight. Like, what you got to say? And she wasn't willing to go back there with me. And I talked to our supervisor and they were like, you know, people call that kind of vulnerable. You were willing to go to a place that she wasn't willing to go. And you were able to be vulnerable like a child and come forth with your vulnerabilities and insecurities. And she wasn't willing to uncover those herself. So it looks like she walked away or she didn't engage. But the truth is she wasn't willing to go to that level with you. And a lot of people aren't willing to be that raw. A lot of people aren't willing to really get to the root. And a lot of people aren't brave enough to say what's on their mind. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And you got some people that mm-hmm. that are brave enough, and and you can see they're getting away with. It. I got a I got a bold take for you right here, and I'm gonna let you go. I ran for office in 2017, and a big catalyst for it was Donald Trump. Mm. I said, if this man here can win the presidency, sure mm. enough, I can win this office too. I can't stand mm. nothing you stand for, so I'm gonna go stand against it. And I, you know. That's I don't think that's a good thing, you know, that Donald Trump inspired me, but he did. And and I'm gonna use that for the way I need to because his voice, good or bad, drove me to do something for my community. Um and so I, I pass it back to you. What says Yeah, you? that I mean, and that actually so a lot of the times when I post the stuff that is most kind of potent or most in your face, mm-hmm. it's usually in response to something I just saw. Yes. felt red you know whatever so it's usually that that that's what kind of triggers that emotion in me to mm-hmm. make that to want to make sure um i'm clear on where i stand and yeah. clear on what i felt about the situation mm-hmm. and so i mean fortunately or unfortunately for me there were um you know quite a few years in a row where i was in a place in a school that was extremely um, oppressive to mm. students and to staff of color, particularly. Mm. Um, and so I had a lot of content. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would share stuff. I would, I would voice my concerns yeah. in the school and with the leadership mm. and I'm so online sweet. voicing it as well. Mm. And so that's why I had content for days and days and days. I looked today and I was on like post 3000. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> wow. And so, yeah, so that stuff, sometimes it, it takes that to drive you or push you to, to make sure, um, you know, that, that our voices mm. are heard. Um, and I can't stay silent in situations like yeah. that. You you have to, and I think there's a, you know, you have to find your voice and find what you advocate for. And I think that's part of joy and that's part of freedom. You know, I recognize um, we're, we're going to get to your next part of your journey, but I studied abroad in Europe and it was one of the most freeing experiences of my life. And it helped me recognize that the world is flat. I traveled to several locations by myself. And similar to when you said you went to Ghana, Sean, I felt like, well, nobody gonna mess with me. You know, I, I have, I had several classmates who did not look like me, who got beat up, who got robbed, who got jacked. I walked out everywhere in Europe with my chest out and, and felt good about where I was at, that I was not gonna be tried or tested or, or nothing like that. And I came back home and wanted to keep on finding that. Now, mm. what I did find too, that um, me, just personally, I'm not a great employee. I'm, I'm a better businessman, I'm a better entrepreneur because of what I need for my lifestyle. And so I recognize that through this journey of finding joy, of finding freedom, my lifestyle is more important than my job title. You mm-hmm. just recently made a transition. You got a following, you built a following over five years. Why is now the right time to chase this next level of joy and freedom in your career? So I think I've, I mean, I've kind of always chased it, like starting from before I even went into the classroom, that is just part of my being. Mm. Um, you know, my my family, where I come from, my father is a Garveyite. Um, and so my grandmother used to hold the lanterns up while Marcus Garvey came mm. and would speak wow. to the communities. Um, on the other wow. side, I have a grandfather that is of the Maroon lineage, wow. which are the, the people that refuse to be, um, you know, enslaved and ran off into the hills. 
mm. um, in the Caribbean. And so it's it's always been ingrained in me. It's how I was raised. And then so I brought that with me into school. I brought it with me into high school. Wow. I brought it with me into the classroom. Um, and, you know, again, at the at central to that is joy and freedom. And it's something that I mm. um, continue to pursue, but also continue to embody. Wow. Um, I found that, you know, embodying that in the classroom was always powerful for students. Um, I was an assistant principal at one point, and it was powerful for many of the teachers for me to embody that level of, of joy and freedom. It also gave them permission as a classroom teacher, gave my kids permission. Um, and so for me, it's just kind of, you know, the way to pursue and the way to go. Wow. So it's, it's both the North Star and the fuel. Wow. 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 I'm getting I'm getting some a little bit of chills right now because I feel I feel so many parallels with you and I'm, I'm starting to recognize why I appreciate your work on another level, too. And um, I want to talk more about like your business and your transition. But you mentioned um, like your dad being a Garveyite and on your other side or your great grandfather being a Garveyite and on the other side of Maroon Village. Um, that's a lot of history. That's a lot of that. And, and I call it black privilege. Um, mm. My family has a Bible that goes back to 1863. And I've got mm. stories. And, my, so, and I think what's cool here too, you know, you went to Africa and found some joy and freedom. I went to Europe. You can trace your family back to your Caribbean roots. I can go back to Mississippi. Okay. I, I, that's, that's how far back I can get. But I got stories about my uncle Tommy being the meanest man in Mississippi, about my mm. great grandfather going to Mississippi Valley State in 1955, you know, and mm. th their migration to the Midwest. Like those are those are privileged stories that I Absolutely. recognize so many black people don't have. And yes. me having those stories, I feel a privilege and responsibility. I got shoulders to stand on. I have, I know my history. I know my legacy. And that's why I can't stop talking. You know, it might, I tell folks sometimes I have a Malcolm X mindset, but I can say it like Martin Luther King. Um, you know, that that's kind of how, how I get down sometimes, but I have those shoulders to stand on. And I feel right. that there's a, a privilege and a responsibility to speak for the folks that my, my grandfather picked cotton. My father was the third black judge in the county history. I get to do mm. what I want now. There's some people right. that haven't mm. graduated from the first yeah. phase and we can help Absolutely. pick them up, you know, and how does, I already hear it, but can you just explain how your family history and legacy drives your confidence to, to be so bold in your work and you owe it to them oh, and absolutely. to the, the people that you are serving? Absolutely. It's, it's directly because of them. It's directly because of my family and, and as you say, that that black ex exactly mm -hmm. and directly because of that. So my mother um, was an educator, so she taught, um, you know, schools for almost, I believe, 40 years. Mm. Even when she could have retired at 37, she wanted to keep teaching because that's just in her. Um, my father, he's I call him the original teacher for culture because mm. he was like at the time, as soon as I could walk, he made sure I knew who I was. Wow. Right. So that was like instilled constantly um, before I could even talk. You know, he would speak it into me and tell me about, you know, black history and and his father and how he fought in the war and, and where mm. they came from. And so that was always a big part and a central part of my life growing up. Um, in addition to, you know, going to 
public school, I also went to an African-centered performing arts school, mm. and that was from age three to age 18. And that, again, very heavily um, focused on um, African and African-American history and culture. And so I brought that with me. You know, I brought it with me all my life and I brought it into college with me. Mm. I brought it um, straight into the classroom um, because I know not everyone has that. A lot of people do not have that. A lot of people are, were not rooted in that history mm. and rooted in blackness and, and groomed to be proud of, of being um, black. And so I brought into the classroom and, and would teach my kids. So I was always going beyond the curriculum. The curriculum to me is, is right here. Yeah. And and as black people specifically, what we need is over here. Like we are, we, mm -hmm. I get emotional thinking about it, right? Yeah. Um, so I made sure I brought that into the classroom, mm. and so went beyond just what was on paper yeah. and um, in, you know the written curriculum because mm -hmm. that was just to me just low level. That's yeah, and that's we, basic. We are bigger than that. Where it's basic, mm -hmm. it's basic, and so there is no ceiling. Um, yeah. And so just made sure you know our students had what they needed um, to first of all have the confidence in self, the the knowledge of self. Mm. Um, and then the imagination and the freedom to dream wow. to know that they can be anything that they want to be. Yeah. Become your best self with bestself.co. They have 90-day journals, six-month action plans, daily journals, gratitude cards, relationship cards, all kinds of things to help you become a better version of yourself. Visit bestself.co and use the code GAMAGE for 15% off your next order. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Thank you for going there with me and um, uh, finding finding some of those connections. I think that's really powerful, and I think that I think that has a lot to do with. Um, I'm saying that I feel. I'm sure a reason why other people resonate with your work too is because they can feel the legacy that you're bringing along with you. Mm -hmm. That that hundred years, hundred fifty years. A lot of folks don't have that, but your voice is is echoing those candles that were being carried mm -hmm. and, and those those events that were being gone to that's that's really cool um and, and, and i appreciate that a lot as you as you transition you know we know about the the brand we know about the the gear we know about the sneaker joy what are going to be the keys to your transition you said this will be your first year out of the classroom what's what's going on how, how what, what's next so it's actually this this whole year. So I just completed my first oh, okay, full okay, year okay. outside of the school system. Gotcha. Um, you know, I, I left the classroom a few years ago and I've done some work in like consulting mm. and administration, but within the school system. And so this past year um, from, you know, from last July until now has been the first full year out of the system um, and kind of detached from the oh, system. Wow. But it's been, you know, there have been times where I miss kind of the, you know, seeing 800 kids every day. Mm -hmm. I don't get to see 800 kids every day anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that's something I've always had and I've always loved. I don't get tired of kids. They don't drain me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, so that is something I do miss. Um, but then it's also given me more flexibility to pursue things that um, I've always been interested in pursuing um, and, and to do it without the time constraints and being exhausted mm. right so working in the system i would you know many times it's seven eight nine ten eleven twelve hour days at times mm. and so and then coming home being exhausted and when you're exhausted you're not able to pursue or have the flexibility yeah. to pursue the creative side wow. as much and so this has given me um you know more of that so so you know it has its pros and cons mm -hmm. um 
but it's still, you know, an adjustment. And I'm trying to figure out a happy medium. Yeah. So a way I can kind of see kids all the time, mm -hmm. um, but still have the flexibility. So I'm still so working on that part. Break that down a little bit for me as well. You mentioned out of the system. Um, and so I can, my head goes in a couple of different places. So I, I think one, like literally working at the school system as an employee, as a, as a 1099 or W-2, but I can also think like right now I'm a contractor with the employee. So I'm not necessarily, the school might not contract me, but I might be contracted with another company to implement the service. You know what I'm saying? So there's just a different ways to be in the yeah. system. Can you, can you just, I guess, be a little more explicit on like what kind of work maybe you were doing versus how you're out of it now? Does it mean nothing in education? So, no, so I was so before I was in working in schools full time. Okay, I would do things on the side. Gotcha. But I worked. I was based in schools full time for the last almost twenty years. Wow. In schools, <laughs> mm. full time, and so this is my first year in almost twenty years that I've been out of a school building. Mm. Mm. Um, probably the first time in my life, really, because wow. I always it went from school to college to school back yeah. in the school building. So this year has been my first time out of that. Yeah. Since I was what age three or four, yeah, <laughs> and so you know, I have had a couple opportunities to to work with districts um, outside, and you know, to mm -hmm. consult this year. Um, and one thing that I've said before, it's gonna sound a little funny and cliche, but if it feels like plantation, I'm not coming, <laughs> and I would have the choice to do that and say that I'm not like I didn't leave yeah. the school system to go into contracts in places that still felt yeah. oppressive. Yeah. So, and I had the choice to do that. Like I might bite myself in the foot while doing it, mm -hmm. um, but nah. It's mm -hmm. okay. It's okay. Yeah, that's, that's it's okay. gotta be done. And it has to be said that somebody, somebody's yeah. gotta be the one to say it. What, what would you say? Um, it's, it's actually my, another parallel for us. Um, I started my business in 2017. But I started and my dad told me I was crazy because I had one contract and I quit my job and I got married. And my dad was like, what's wrong with you? Um, so I went back and got a job and I jumped back off last year as well. So this is finishing okay. my first year, going back in the year two again, full time for the second time. And so having that space away from the school, like you said, there's there's just so much space for other things. What do you feel like you learned about yourself or got a better grasp on now that you're outside of the system? and have that space mm -hmm. to think? That's a great question also. So I'm still, I think I've learned about myself and I'm still learning about myself. Mm. Like I'm still figuring it out. I thought that, you know, after 10 months of being completely out of um, the school system, I'd have a, a better idea. It's actually given me more ideas. Mm. Like I don't have one straight or one singular thing um i'm trying to focus more because as a business person as you know you have to kind of have a, a focus right like one area of focus right um but i feel like because my experiences have been so vast and so wide and and to me again like privilege like they have been rich in education like i've loved what i've done in education mm. and, and what i've been able to do um but that has also led me to have to have like many different interests yeah right so yeah. like i've worked with the you know student side the classroom side right. the school-wide side the district side the state side um the office of civil rights with the mm. government like i've worked in so many mm. different areas and so i can like speak to many different areas and i'm certified in like four different areas as well and okay. so it's 
really learned, I learned that I need to, that I'm not as focused or I don't know yet where I want to be. Gotcha. Exactly. Gotcha. I'm still kind of like going through that and like, you know, trying things out yeah. and, and seeing what feels good for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at this point, after almost 20 years of working with the system, like, I feel like I have earned the right to say, all right, I'm not, I only want to work for the things that work for mm-hmm. me. I no longer want to feel like an employee yeah. or work in a system that is not for me. Um, so I'm trying to figure out where I can make the most impact in yeah. the most um, targeted way. That's so. good. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to be honest with us. I mean, I think that's, I think that's a, a constant reality. You know, I mentioned I've been in business seven years as well. I'm still figuring it out as well. I'm figuring out, hey, what's the best business model? What What's next year going to look like? How, you know, how are we going to pay the bills this month? You know, I'm thinking about all those things. And and I, I asked another um, colleague, he's a consultant and somebody you see all over um, Instagram and stuff. He's like, man, you know, you're never really comfortable. I mean, that's just, that's part mm-hmm. of the kind of business. You know, the pro is, you can be selective. The the kind of there's always kind of that pressure and drive to grow. Um, and if I could say this too, Shauna, one thing that helped me was really finding my formulas and mm-hmm. understanding what routines do I need to show up to be the most successful. And I mm-hmm. mentioned running for city council. When I ran for city council, I was doing too much. I was working. I was in full time consulting, and my district was only fifteen hundred people. But I was canvas. I was working nine hours. And I was canvassing two or three hours, knocking on doors after that for three months. And I was so drained afterwards that I was scared to work that hard again. And it took me two or three years to get to the place where I was even comfortable saying, okay, let me put my foot back on this gas. I I think I get it now. And I, I found, you know, there's a few things like my morning routine, the things that consist of there, my evening routine. And then um, I find even working out, like I get stiff if I don't work out, I've got to move. Um, and then tracking my food. If I don't track what I eat, I'm going to eat too many sweets. So just a few things like that. When I travel, I need to eat a smoothie and a salad. If I stay the night, I should work out. So small practices like that just help me understand how I can show up my best. And, and there was a formula, see if I remember it. It was like planning plus strategy multiplied by, oh, multiplied by pressure equals execution. Woo, I love it. Um, that was that was my success formula, if you will. Like I have 90 day journals that I use and then I do um, daily planning. So I have a, a big vision, but then I have daily actions. And then the pressure is, you know, just personal pressures. Hey, I want my wife to leave her job. Hey, I want to pay for daycare. Hey, we need to pay this off. Hey, whatever. That's the pressure, and that's what equals the execution for me. And so that yeah. formula brings me joy. And there's some nights when, hey, I like waking up at five thirty. I try to, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't mind. I don't mind closing my computer sometimes at eleven o'clock, finishing yeah. one last contract off or, or one last time. That makes me feel good. I, I'm okay with that, you know. And and I, I'm last thing, and I'm gonna get off my soapbox. But I also schedule my family time first and so i wake my son up in the morning i drop him off in the morning i pick him up to the time they go to bed that's all family so so that time still gets scheduled first but i'm being filled up in every way and i've got enough structure to where i'm not going crazy trying to think about all the decisions so yeah absolutely um, first of all i love that i love that formula that could be you could teach if you have not already 
a whole master class mm. on the formula. I'll write that down. That could be a book or a master class because that's something a lot of people need. And you've probably like mastered it. So you kind of yeah. take it for granted. Like this is what mm. I do. But there are so many people out there that need a formula, like that structure. Yeah. And so I'm just envisioning that like you could have a whole master class just on that. Thank you. Um, and when you talked about, you know, being able to like work on contracts and close your computer at 11 p.m., mm -hmm. that is one thing I do love about having the freedom to work as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. being able to open, you know, start when I want to start early in the morning or later yeah. and finish late at night or whatever. I don't have to, I'm not constrained to, Mind you know, the seven to four or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and also my son, I have a, a son in high school also. And so this year I've been able to have the most freedom and flexibility to drop him off at school. I never mm. was able to do that before, to pick him up, to bring him places, to go to all his sporting events, to, yeah. you know. So that is another thing that, um, you know, time waits for no one. And mm -hmm. so that's another reason that um, I value the time within entrepreneurship. It's not yeah. easy. Yeah. But you can't get the time back. Yeah. And so, you know, I just do what I do to make ends mm -hmm. meet. Mm -hmm. That that was a big part for me too at my last job because we had moved and it was an hour commute each way plus the nine hour school day. I was like, I my son isn't even awake when I leave in the morning. I, I just I can't I can't rock with this, you know. So yeah. um Shauna, I mean you gave us some super powerful stuff about your overall history about joy. Um it feels good to hear your voice. I mean that that's still what resonates with me is I, I feel like I I see you're literally on post 3000. I got your post put up here. <laughs> you, you know, you, you post so constant and I can hear your voice. I feel like I know you, but to get a chance to speak with you yeah. and hear you expound on these thoughts and ideas, it just feels good. And I, and I know that anybody listening and the folks on your page feel the same way. Is, is there anything else you want to share with us before we go? Um, let's see. I mean, I would say that, um, you know, Teach for the Culture and the mission is continuous. Um, whether I'm doing it full-time, part-time, in my state, you know, in the country or worldwide, it's, mm. it's a continuous process. You mentioned in the beginning, um, being able to like connect and collaborate, that is something that is central to it for me. I, I wanna make sure I'm continuously connecting across generations. And so that, you know, everyone can find something there. Mm. Whether it be younger people, the early career, the mid, the older, everyone can find something. And I want everyone to know that they also can contribute to teaching. It doesn't have to be teaching as a profession, but everyone has something to share. Everyone has um, that joy and that brilliance within. It's just making sure that you're able to tap into it mm. and share. I and love so, it. Anyway, you can go to my website. It's teachfortheculture.com. I'm on Instagram at teachfortheculture. Um, and Trey, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, speaking with you this afternoon. So thank you for inviting me on. Likewise, I, I enjoy the conversations that I haven't had before, you know, and I, I thank you for uh, being vulnerable yourself and bringing vulnerabilities out of me and finding those connection places to understand why I resonate, resonate with Teach for the Culture so much and, and why 75,000 other people do too. So thank you for your work. Uh, please go follow Shauna Brown at teachfortheculture.com check out the website and get you one of these shirts. Don't wait so long like I did and just be watching. Go get you one. And um, if you like this episode, check us out on YouTube at SEO Educators and seoeducators.com. We'll see you next time. This is The Dash.
Thanks for listening to us on the Dash Podcast. I definitely hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you liked it, share it with a friend, share it with an educator, share it with someone who needs to hear the message from this episode. You can visit our website, seleducators.com, to learn more about our online courses and professional development training for schools and districts. We'll see you next time. This is The Dash.